right, welcome to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry. I am joined tonight by my pal Chris Walton, a.k.a. Walt, a.k.a. Uh, let's say Papa Walt. Papa Walt, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I'm enjoying the jamboree of a slate. Second night of the uh, opening week of the NBA. I couldn't ask for much more in my life. Yeah, we're uh, me and him are gonna try and uh, talk about the Lakers and stuff. You know, just talking about all the entertaining teams playing in this uh, twelve game slate tonight. Uh, obviously, like you can probably figure out, we're recording this on Wednesday night. You're listening to this on a Thursday. Uh, got a Lakers and Clippers game tonight. Oh, that, that, uh, that should be fun. We might talk about that later. Uh, but first, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, a report that came out, uh, I'm not sure when it came out. I think it came out Wednesday evening before um, the early slate of games started on ESPN. A uh, report comes from Adrian Wojnarowski. He said that uh, he was told, that was a little sourcing, he said, he said, I'm told to expect Rob Palenka and the Lakers to wait until post-Thanksgiving, about 20 games into the season, and see what teams may start pivoting who don't start uh, too well. So this is something, uh, kind of a sentiment that uh, Bleacher Reports' Eric Pincus kind of illustrated um, in an article, I think two or three weeks ago, sometime leading right into the preseason, that the Lakers were kind of wait, um, see how the team looks with Russ. But let's be honest, more importantly, wait to see if there's any other teams who aren't as good as they think. And then they kind of pivot towards uh, a little bit of a tank uh, for the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And also just that uh, the entire top of that draft is going to be um, pretty heavy. But anyways, Walt, we get this report now from Woj. So it's truly what the Lakers are doing. That's definitely what they're doing now. They're waiting 20, 20-ish games and then see if, you know, and you see if the Pacers want to lower that ask from two first rounders to one or something. See if another team wants to uh, get in on the uh, get a little little draft compensation for Russ. Do you uh, do you agree with this approach, or do you disagree? What are, what are your thoughts on this entire thing? Palinka's got cooking up. Uh, I think it's it's it works because you do given like all the talk they've been doing. Um, during the summertime and the off season, you can say, well, this arbitrary amount of games that we say we were going to wait until we look at what the market had to offer. We gave Russ the opportunity to, you know, try to make this thing work. And we put a plan in place to try to make this thing work for Russ. But we reached this point where I would say the record is probably going to be enough support along with what we're probably going to see within them 20 games on the floor where they can say, hey, we tried and it's not going to work. So let's, let's try to do something that works for both sides. Yeah. I don't know. There, it's like, this is like a really uh, multifaceted sort of thing. Cause well, to begin with, I would prefer they made a trade before this entire training camp started, but obviously we're past that point now. And I do think there's kind of like some merit to the idea that who knows in 15 to 20 games, like maybe it's not the, maybe it's not only the Pacers that the Lakers are talking about with Russell Westbrook. Uh, Maybe it's, 
you know, the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe the Charlotte Hornets are looking even worse than like what most people expect. They decide, okay, like whatever. Let's just get rid of Hayward. Let's get a, get rid of Rozier. Dump him on the Lakers. We get Russell Westbrook, buy him out or whatever, and then get like a first round pick on top of it. Like whatever. We're not going anywhere this season. Might as well get an extra first round pick. Uh, get rid of these guys that are um, either expiring or get their contracts expire after next year. You know, free up some salary cap space and whatever. Go from there. You know, and I kind of agree. Like, I do think there's going to be other avenues other than the Pacers in 15 to 20 games. Now, obviously, the Lakers are probably hoping that whatever ask is less than two first-round picks. We've heard that a million times. Like, they just really do not want to deal that both the 2027 and 2029 first-rounder. My worry with it is that... What if the Lakers really, really, really suck <laughs> over these next 20 games? Uh, I'm assuming if they're really, really doing poorly, like if they're like, they're like, I don't know. It's like if they're like six and 14 or something like that, mm-hmm. got to assume there's going to be some hijinks with Russ involved in terms of him saying something after the game, him doing something during a game. Like who knows what could possibly happen. And then that kind of scares me in terms of like, okay, well, you know, you thought you were getting leverage by watching another team play poorly and decide they're going to tank. Okay, well, you're also losing leverage here because Russ just yelled at LeBron on the court or something, and now everyone sees that, and you're trying to like deal as much as least the like least amount of draft compensation possible to dump him. Like other teams would be like, hey, uh, like I know we're kind of desperate to tank, but we did just see Russ. Uh, go off on you basically in the post game press conference. Like, I don't know. Like I, I kind of see where they're coming from, but Mm -hmm. I'm still coming back to like, man, I feel like this should have just been done before the season. Now, now, now I agree with, you know, waiting. Yeah. But it's not like, I wouldn't say it's a foolproof plan, a foolproof plan by any means. Let me give you the, the 20 games. Game one, where it was the Warriors, two Clippers, and let's uh. Here I'll just say, I'll just say yeah, loss. I was gonna or, say yeah, let's let's do an exercise. I'll just say it. loss or win, and I'll just give my blunt first reaction. Clippers loss. <laughs> All right, so that's game two, Portland at home, game three, win. All right, on the road, Denver game four, loss. I don't care if they got blown out <laughs> by the Jazz. On the road, Minnesota game five. Uh, loss. Denver at home, game six. Mm, loss. Eh, I'll call that a win. I'll say they'll win one of those three games. I don't know which one, but all right. New Orleans at home. Loss. Big loss. Utah at home. Oh, God. Lakers home. Mm-hmm. Win. Cleveland at home. Loss. Utah at Utah. I'm going to say that's a loss. <laughs> Home slash away at Clippers. Loss. Home. Sacramento. Win. Home against Brooklyn. Oh, shit. Win. Home against the Pistons. That that's a that's, that's a trap game. That's, that's a trap oh, game. Oh, it's yeah. a loss. No, that's I'm a trap game. A loss. Yep. 
That's kind of game. You say, oh, uh, we, we should get that one. And then Cade Cunningham come in and get a triple-double. Jay yeah, Navi make our guards look like Languini, Boyan hitting like <laughs> every three he, he shoot. No, that's Beef stew, put LeBron in a headlock. All right. So after the Pistons game, we got at home versus the Spurs. Uh, win, please, God. Ooh, it's about to get fun now. Um, at Phoenix. Loss. We got back to – well, not back. Yeah, back to back. Wow, that's weird. Back to back at San Antonio. So that's two games in a row at San Antonio. That's do we win. split them or do we get them both? Nah, we'll, we'll win them both. All right. Versus Indiana at home, of course. That's a, that's a win. Okay, versus Portland at home. That's a win. Might as well. I already said oh. I beat him in Portland. At so, Milwaukee. That's the last one. Loss. Big yeah. fat loss. Big fat right. loss. So, so how many that losses? 20 games? That? Mm-hmm. That's 20. I think I said, what, seven or eight wins? Yeah. Nothing more than that. So, so eight so and like, twelve. Optimistic case, and I and I and a couple of those wins, I'm not like that Nets one. I'm not super confident in that. Um, most of those losses, I'm pretty confident. I'm not confident um, we're gonna win both at San Antonio. I think it's probably gonna be a split, or they might win both because we 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 BS around like that. Mm-hmm. They got to like, show me. They've got it doesn't matter me. who's it doesn't matter who's on the Spurs roster. I feel like Greg Popovich gives his most uh, impassioned speeches before Lakers games. Like I feel like he just loves to get them ready to play the Lakers and then ready to tank and lose against everyone else. Um, so they're gonna have a bad record, and like if they don't have a bad record, then like that means. It, well, then it gets to a point. It's like okay, what if they are like what if, like. If they're 12 and 8, do you think you're going to be thinking we still need to get Russ off this team? Oh. We're 12 and eight. If we're 12 and 8, if, bro, if we're 12 and 8, something's going real good. Yeah. That we are, that we are not expecting. Exactly. Like, so, I can't even I would have to pump my brakes on thinking that we should get rid of him cuz he must be doing something right or maybe they sent him home or maybe he uh they relegated him to the bench. Yeah, like if we're if the Lakers are 12 and 8, 13 7, I mean, anything above 500 after those first 20 games, either there's been just a rash of superstar injuries <laughs> to, to the teams we're playing, or like we just said, something's going real right that no one was expecting. Like mm-hmm. the spacing is way better. Like they found a way to stagger LeBron and Russ without. <laughs> Without Russ getting yeah. stubbing stubbing his toe, getting off the bench or, or yeah. something like that, you know, Russ found a way to come off the bench and not break every bone in his body on the way to the scorer's table. Um, I digress. If if you know it, if you know his quotes after the game, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird. It, like um, the only thing I can kind of think of in recent memory that's kind of like this in terms of like a team just saying like, no, we're going to wait for the right trade is um, Daryl Morey with, with yeah, Ben Simmons. Yeah. And like, even that was like, like, we all knew that was the trade that it ended up being. It was like that. It was already understood. It was just a matter of logistics and win. Okay. All right. We are like, when it happened, we were like, yeah, that's real obvious. Like, obviously that was how it was always going to go. 
We just talked about the Brooklyn Nets. Like, and, you know, um, they had a terrible, terrible opening night game tonight against the Pelicans. Uh, and most of that terribleness was because of, well, Kyrie a little bit, actually, but mostly Ben Simmons freaking five points fouling out. Like, who knows? Like, what if, like, the Nets don't have a good first 15 to 20 games? KD comes in like, all right, we're, go- we're going back to that whole uh, fire Steve Nash, fire Marks, or uh, trade me. We're going back to that. And then it's like, what if KD's like, yeah, I'm just not going to play. I think uh, I think the Nets are going to be interested in, like, Russell Westbrook in a first-rounder for Kyrie Irving. And then, you know, I hate the idea of Kyrie on the Lakers right now. But, mm. you know, if the Lakers are 7-13 and 13 and it's because Russ stinks, so then it's just Russ and one first-rounder for Kyrie Irving. Gonna have to sell my soul to the to the basketball devil. Yeah. Don't even actually let's not let's not even talk about devils in regards <laughs> to Kyrie Irving. Might get him. I know, right? Might get him, might get him riled up. Start talking about <laughs> yeah, cabal. He might horses. get on his might, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might get on his IG story and start sharing some some crazy scary stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it does kind of, I tweeted this earlier, it does make me laugh thinking about uh, the Lakers waiting for like the holiday season to deal Russ to somewhere he just simply does not want to go. Just yeah. just straight up, just like he's probably sitting Thanksgiving dinner with his all of his extended family. You know, he's from LA, all of his family's around. And then it's like, hey, hey, Russ, you got a call from Rob. Uh, looks like you're going to Charlotte. Russell Westbrook, you are a Charlotte Hornet. <laughs> Looks like you're going to New York. No, not the Knicks. Yeah, it's been it's been rumored for so long. No, you're you're going to Brooklyn. And uh remember your buddy KD? Yeah, he's there. But he, he's he's holding out for a trade request. It'll just be you and Ben Simmons, don't worry. Oh it, man. Poor Russ. Poor Russ. The world's against Russ. And we're just part of the world, man. We're just beating him down. We're terrible people. Terrible people. Yeah. Sad times, man. <laughs> so, oh God, we'll see. I um, I do think like the Charlotte Hornets are definitely a team to like kind of watch in terms of uh, how they do over these next few um, weeks. Uh, same with the Pacers for sure, without a doubt. Um, also, kind of worrying to me. Uh, Miles Turner injured his ankle, and he's just about, if not more, injury prone than LeBron and AD, but. I mean, the fix is in, man. They oh, man. they sniped him. They seen him. They was like, "All right, Bob boy, go." Come. <laughs> cool. It was it was actually it was actually Austin Reeves disguised as the ball boy. They, yeah. they they figured like, "Hey, like Austin Reeves is a little tall, but we all know he looks like a ball boy." Um, yeah, a little a little beard on. <laughs> a little a beard on. Pushing his uh, pushing the broom. Yeah, man. We'll see. I really do. I. All things considered, where they're currently at, I think it's a good approach, um, especially because I'm sure the Pacers' asking price hasn't reduced. Like I'm sure it's still the same. So we'll see. We'll see how that develops. Um, but instead of talking about trade rumors, which like I think Lakers fans are just forced to talk about that 24-7, 365, no matter what, uh, might as well talk about a little basketball that happened. The Lakers lost opening night. They're... Uh, they're five for five on losing on opening night with LeBron uh, on the team. Um, 
I think they lost 123 to 109 to the Warriors. And there really wasn't one side uh, that was, you know, the reason that they lost the game. I think they were bad on offense. They were bad on defense. Uh, most notably on offense, they shot 10 out of 40 from three-point land, just fully confirming our worries that their shooting is on the roster is just not enough uh, surrounding LeBron and AD. Now, I will say whether that's because they're just not getting – like, they're getting open looks, but I feel like they're just getting – like, I think LeBron kind of said it. LeBron said, like, whatever. We'll talk about this in a sec. I'll just ask you. Do you think the defense or the offense was worse in that Warriors game? And, like, which one do you have the least amount of confidence in improving, like, as games go on? Uh, I think it's the defense. Because when you look at the offense, the offense is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is what right. it is. Those numbers will be gotten, um, you know, regardless of who they play. And then everybody in between will have to just fit in with that. And if you can get one or two role players to contribute, make a couple of shots, you in business. I'm not worried about the offense. You can cobble something together. But defensively, defense is um I know a lot of people say it's effort and trying, but you know, defense is more than that. It's being on a stream, it's everybody being in sync, it's understanding help, it's understanding principles, it's physicality, it's rebounding, and then that's when effort comes into the the equation with um second efforts and making sure that you, you know, you beat people to the spot. Like that, my friends, that you have to build. You have to build. You have to get people to play defense and to, um, you know, make sure that they get the job done in that end. And, I mean, yeah. respectfully speaking, they did not get people who you would say in a lineup of players in the league, all right, this guy can fit into my defensive scheme with these other four guys or – these two big dogs and these three other guys, they didn't get a lot of people that can fit that role. So here we are. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm way more worried about the defense than the offense. I <clears throat> I really did not get that kind of sentiment, I feel like, from Lakers Twitter. I feel like everyone was very fixated on the shooting. Uh, I guess rightfully so, because after the game, LeBron should have said this to this team doesn't have any great shooting. I loved his uh, quote, extremely blunt quote of, it's not like we got a lot of lasers on this team. <laughs> Just, all right, man, LeBron, you're you're already doing the uh, the post-game air out the roster construction uh, after <laughs> game one, huh? Patience is uh, at a bot, uh, just an all-time low for after one game of a season for LeBron. Um, yeah, man, like, and like you said, like, I don't even think they were giving poor effort on defense. Last year, it was like a lot of times it's like, all right, man, like, what are we like? LeBron's not trying. Everyone's taking his lead. No one's trying on defense. Like, it was getting out of hand. I felt like they were trying the entire time, but I just don't think they have. I don't think they have enough people on the roster that really, really know how to efficiently play defense at like an elite level. Mm-hmm. Like Lonnie, Lonnie, bless his heart, trying his, trying his hardest against like Clay and like, um, Steph and like that. But he just like, he's so jumpy. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you always have to have like, you know, obviously got to be on your toes, but you always have to have your feet on the ground. Otherwise, you're hopping to your left to like 
anticipate a pick or something and then that's when Steph goes the other way and then you're just done for like you might as well just lay down on the ground I feel mm-hmm. like that happened to Lonnie a couple times where he's just like hopping around and he just gets caught uh or just like man got going on the screen he went on a screen on clay one time he went under the screen yeah, he didn't get uh, yeah. nobody did an action to he went under a screen on Clay Thompson. I don't care and, if Clay Thompson had both of his ankles amputated <laughs> or both of his feet amputated. <laughs> Going under the screen against this team and their guys between Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. and Clay Thompson, this is a basketball scene. Like Coach Ham shouldn't have to tell you no. Or maybe he did say, Hey, we're going under, which I don't know why he would say that, but <laughs> we know. You fight over that screen, you make it very uncomfortable. Yeah, I, and, he, and of course he hit the three. Like this. and and like yeah, it's the Warriors. So like like they're gonna like on any given night they can make the best defense in the league look stupid. But I don't know, man. Like 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 we said, like I said, like they look like they were given effort. Not a, the effort's not a problem, but. Even like Austin Reeves, man. Austin Reeves kind of getting taken to the woodshed by like their entire team. So many back cuts. Like, just like, like I know you guys are trying to front Steph and Clay. Like, you're trying to front him so you can run with them and run around the screen. But like, y'all, like, you got to know your angles and you got to know that these guys are as, just as deadly at making these cuts and getting to the rim as they are getting to uh, like shooting threes. Like, Sure, anticipate the screen, run with them, and then if they catch the ball, you know, you're going to give a good contest, and, like, that's really all you can ask for. You can't be giving up easy baskets. Like, just, like, mental stuff like that. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like Ham didn't, like, prepare them for, like, you know, those back cuts. I've seen, like, Clay and Steph do those back cuts to people a million times in their careers. I just don't think they have the talent on that end to like do any sort of competent defense throughout this year. Now 10 for 40 from three point line. Like a lot of those were open looks like they're not going to shoot 10 for 40 every night. I don't even like, I don't even think they got good shooters, but I don't think that's going to happen every night. Uh, and like you said, either way, the offense is 80 and LeBron, like, you know, they they get like, other than that, just third quarter that went to hell because of the Lakers defense. Like, if the role players hit a couple, two or three, two to four more three-pointers across that game, like, I feel like it would have been way more interesting. But like I said, the defense in the third quarter absolutely fell apart, Clay, like you said. And then that's also another part of it. Like, yeah, not every team has a Clay Thompson, but a lot of people have, like, an Andrew Wiggins. Like a wing, like a wing who, like... Forget Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George for the Clippers. Like, the Clippers got Marcus Morris, too. Marcus Morris can shoot over basically every single player that the Lakers are going to throw at him on Thursday night. He can just straight up just shoot over him. Same thing with Luke Kennard. Just straight up shoot over him. And that uh, that's what Clay and uh, Wiggins were doing a lot um, on Tuesday night. Like, yeah, like you said, like going under on a screen on Clay. Like, okay, sweet. And I know you're coming up and you're going to put a hand on my face. But you might as well not be here, man. You're four yeah. inches shorter than me. You're four inches shorter than me. I'm shooting over you. Same thing with Wiggins. Like, I'm just going to shoot over you. Like, so many times where, like, they just took a shot right in a guy's face, and it was like, switch, warm-ups. So, and then the, 
the other thing with it too that we don't talk about enough is the Lakers are in terms of uh you talk about the chemistry and building a team, they're behind other teams. Like even the the defense is not bad in comparison to last year, but they're still behind when you're talking about teams coming in and prepare for you. Like because those teams have been together, that's a team that won a championship. Mm-hmm. So they know all the tricks of the trade. You know what I mean? Like they know what they're going to see from most of their opponents or they, they know what to anticipate coming into this season, even with the whole season passing. So that's working against the Lakers too. Like they have to catch up with other teams. Chemistry on that end. Like, and that's the offense is a different conversation, but defensively, like we have to try to go out and beat these successful offenses that again with the Warriors, they won championships with the Clippers coming in. We've seen them being able to be able to hold their offense together without their stars. Um, so ain't no telling what it's gonna look like with their stars um available and then so on and so forth with everybody else that we're gonna be playing going into the future of the season. Like we is so many things, man, and it's not as simple as all right, we got better players in. We got another coach in. Turn this thing around. That ain't how it works. It don't mm-hmm. work like that. So I'm, I'm now that I'm kind of talking about. It, I'm actually not surprised that we look, we've looked so bad with the preseason picking up and you know people starting to be like, all right, let's get serious and play real rotations and stuff. Like I'm actually kind of not surprised now. Yeah, you wanna you wanna just segue into that into. Into what we're expecting for this Clippers game. Let's do it. So, I actually wrote a preview for this game for Silver Screen and Roll. Um, read Lakers Outsider, so screw, screw Silver Screen and Roll. Um, but uh, I'm very scared for this game. Like, like I think we like we thought that Warriors game was bad. I think this game could be a lot worse. Um, like, I don't even remember the last time the Lakers faced healthy. Honestly, I think we got the best of them last time we faced Kawhi and Paul George together. But this could be real bad. Like, their combination of, t- like, offensive stuff that they've got to throw at us, like, who... Like I just said, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Mark Samoris, Luke Kennard. Who the hell is going to be in front of those guys that's going to deter them from doing anything. Like, I'm not even trying to act like Luke Kennard or Marcus Morris or some, like some hot shit, but like the, that Clippers offense, Tyron Lou's offense, they literally just generate three point, good quality three point looks like crazy. And they're not going to have anyone tall in front of them to shoot those three pointers over. And then when you get to like our drop coverage, like I think the drop coverage can be run successfully and we can deter some teams, but not this team. Like this like Kawhi and Paul George feast on mid-range jumpers. Feast on them. And like and if they're not feasting on those, then they're probably and then it's gonna be like John Wall or Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson who kills the Lakers like every time now that he plays them. It's gonna be those one of those two guys going around pick, pick and rolls slicing up whoever's in front of them like and that's probably probably gonna be on bench units that's gonna be against like Wenyan Gabriel 
God bless his soul. He's going to get tore up by Reggie Jackson, probably in a pick and roll. And then it's, you know, drive, kick, three-point shooters. Luke Kennard's going to make like five out of seven threes. I think it's going to be a rough game. And if it's not a rough game, then that means like Pat Bev is having the defensive game of his life. Um, It means LeBron's playing defense out his ass. Russ as well. Um, Lonnie and Kendrick Nunn are killing it. But like, what are the chances of that? Like when I say those things, I like, I'm like, yeah, but like, what are, what are the chances of that compared to Luke Kennard making like five out of seven threes? Yeah, man, it's these two games. Um, they could have, they could have been, they couldn't have been two worst teams yeah, to start out against. Couldn't have picked the two worst, man. He took the words out of my mouth, like I, because it's a, <laughs> it's all, it's a microcosm both ways of how imbalanced his roster is and how much work has to be done. Um, if if their whole plan is to look to next year to build like you know one last contender. Like it's a microcosm of the steps it's gonna take to get there. From the Golden State Warriors being like a real, I don't, I don't know why everybody keeps saying they're a small team. I don't, I don't consider them a small team at all. Not at all. Yeah, like you're, that, just looking, you're just looking at Curry if you're saying. Yeah, that. and you're looking at like what they did with the Hampton Five lineup or whatever they call that lineup, and you know what they used to do with Harrison Barnes and stuff. I don't consider them a small team. Um. I mean, Clay I Thompson, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, and Poole are all like six seven. Yeah, six seven. Yeah, Looney six eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaminga six eight. Wiseman seven foot seven foot one. Draymond six foot nine, probably. Yeah, or even if you like, want to say he's six six, you still have the factor in. It ain't just about height; it's about like you know, what's the wingspan? How wide are mm-hmm. the shoulders? Uh, how strong are you? Like all those things matter um but they're and, not a small team and then take that wing length times it by like two or three and then you got like the clippers roster yeah. yep <laughs> on top of like, like elite coaching as far mm-hmm. as both of those both of those coaches and exploring matchups and making you uncomfortable like thinking about those two those perfect matchups to show them like it's, it's gonna take more than just this is like year one of trying to patch up the mistakes of yesteryear. It's going to take more than just, you know, what you did this year. And then next year, if you do whatever this thing is you propose you're going to do, um, still, I still can't, can't envision them being in games with these teams who, again, proven that they have a successful formula. They have the chemistry. They're not trying to put it together on the fly. They're not trying to reinvent themselves. Um, they don't have like this internal strife. Well, sans the Warriors, but you know what? The That's Warriors their got their internal shit strife together. Is their yeah, they have their shit together from a roster standpoint. They can afford to go do some crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. They can and still come out and, and smash us. Like, oh yeah, we good. We just put it all together. Yep. Once, once we turn the lights on, we good. I will say, like, it was really good to see Anthony Davis just killing it on Tuesday. Um, yeah. I thought he was best player on the Lakers easily by far. Uh, with LeBron and Russ, uh, Russ had a good game. Uh, with LeBron and Russ not too far behind. <laughs> LeBron a little bit farther ahead than Russ, I would say. But, yeah, like, 
they can win any game really if AD and LeBron are playing like that night to night. Um, but they need more help than that. And I just can't like like you said, there's they don't have that like sense of togetherness yet on the defensive end where they can defend, especially a team like the Clippers. They can't defend a team like the Clippers. When the Clippers start getting that ball moving around like they always do, um, the Lakers are just not going to have that kind of on-court chemistry together where they can, you know, follow those four to five, six passes. They may be able to, you know, stay on rotations for two to three passes, but then, like, by the time it gets to that, they're going to get out of sync. And... So they're going to need big games from AD and LeBron, and then they're going to need a big game from, like, two other role players, whether that's Russ or, like, Kendrick Nunn. Like, they're both going to have to go off for, like, 20-ish. It's going to have, They're going to have to outscore them. And I do think that can happen, like, on any given night with AD and LeBron. I'm just not – I'm not I'm not betting money on it. That's for sure. Like, yeah. it's, you're, you're a fool if you're betting, like, on the Lakers tomorrow. It, you – like, I may end up looking wrong, but – I promise if I'm wrong on tomorrow's game and the Lakers win, I'll still probably be pretty right about our, you know, win-loss projections for the first 20 games. Like, I don't think I'm going to be way off on that. And if I am, then, like we kind of said, like, hey, fuck it. Maybe we should just keep Russ, whatever. If we're going to win a bunch of games, we're going to beat the Clippers and stuff like that. I ain't betting on it, though. I ain't betting on it. Yeah. Um, do you have any any random other thoughts from the first game from the first game? Should we talk about Pat Bev? You want to talk about Pat Bev or his uh he's on he's he's on uh Man, are we sure we should have done this trade watch yeah. right now? Yeah, I, I told y'all in the you know, we were kind of talking about everything. This move felt very much like the Carlos Boozer signing, where from a, if you take a step back, you're like, Oh yeah, nice. That's a nice get for the, you know, for what you, well. What you theoretically need. Yeah. He's like, okay, he's a veteran guy, winning guy, a guy who's done a whole lot in his career. His forte is something that last year that you like. That the Lakers lacked last year. Then, like, at the time when they made the trade, they had zero, like, impact Mm -hmm. defenders. Well, then you get the reality of it, which – so far, you pretty much got the bad of Pat Beverly, because I'm sure the the good of him is in there in terms of him being a a player that can contribute. But you got in the bad of him right now, the being undersized and having bigger offensive players take advantage of that. Players being able to take advantage of his aggressiveness, um, him not finding his shot early on, and really. Between me and you, functioning out of his role as far as this whole, he's got a green light to just shoot whenever he's open. <laughs> like, it's early so cool. too. It ain't even like, I could take, I don't care about open threes, you know, in the offense. You open, exactly. That's what you're supposed to do. That's fine. But I'm talking about like, oh, two dribble tween, size up three-pointer for Pat Beverly? For Pat Beverly. And LeBron and, and like LeBron and AD are on the court. I freaking despise Anthony Davis shooting the ball. I'd rather him just pass the ball to AD and AD take three. Like, yeah, and it'd be one thing if that happens sometimes. Sometimes you get a grenade, somebody throw you yeah, a pass, and you're like, oh, shot shit. Shot clock's going down, like whatever. But, he, you know, he did it in the preseason. I was like, okay, it's preseason. And then he did it again in the preseason. I was like. 
and he did it. He did it at least once, if not twice, in that Warriors game where he, yeah, he did kinda, twice. He pulled up. Like, he pulled up for like a middle of the shot clock, if not early shot clock, shot clock three, yeah. and like you know, like, and I think, like, I don't know. There's something like I swear to God, like Darvin Ham came up to him and was like, "Yo, you're like, you have one of the best career three point percentages on this team. You get the ball." And the defender's not hounding you, shoot it. Uh that's a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yes. that's just foolish. Like, like I would take a LeBron drive into three different guys and then see what happens after that. Then I would rather just like see Pat Bev take pull up three pointer. Like he didn't get a good career three point percentage by taking those types of threes. He got it being on like the Clippers. Uh, and like the Rockets and stuff like that and getting, you know, in the motion of the offense, like you said, ball swinging around and then he's wide open. First of all, he's probably wide open when the ball's swinging around because the defense is like, okay, like I'm going to like go, I'm not, I'm going to let you shoot like all your other teammates. Like I don't want mm-hmm. them shooting. And then that's just another thing where it's like, he's like theoretically great fit for this team. But then you realize this team is one of the most weirdest haphazard like rosters you've seen in a while like perfect fit for the 2020 roster construction for for like the championship team yeah perfect yeah if even like even doing what he's doing now still would be like good god bless alex russo arguably the third or fourth best player during that championship run if you put pat bev in that year in crucial spot like like lakers still win the championship yeah like for sure. Um, because like there was a specific niche role that he could easily fill right there. And honestly, he was probably I think Caruso's improved in recent years. He was probably better on offense than Caruso at that point, honestly. Um so yeah, I don't know. He had a such a weird game. I think I've heard from people that he has these games sometimes where he just goes foul crazy, but oh my god. They were some of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen. It was straight up like, it was on the level of those uh, Carlton Towns fouls, funny enough, his teammate last year. Uh, last year in the playoffs where he was like in foul trouble, but then he was like, just like hacking at people. Like not even like 50-50 calls where it's like, ah, you should have just not tried that. Like it would just be like like insanely hard fouls. Like he had that one where he was uh, in Clay's landing zone and he got all pissed about it. I'm like, bro. You hit yeah, you him like on bumped. the arm. Yeah, he, he hit him. You hit him on the arm, and then as he was coming down, you hit him on the his leg. Thigh was running into <laughs> your leg. Like you were, yeah. you like the only way you could have been more in his landing zone is if you if like his feet fell on your head. Like I don't know what you. And then and then I don't know what his uh his third foul. I think that was his like first foul, that clay foul. And then his third foul was like uh just like a hack on like clay or some or uh Steph or something at the basket. And I think he was upset about that one. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's just what this LeBron team needed. Like, another guy to just, like, piss and moan about fouls all the time. Oh, man. All right. All one more right. thing. No, I'll hit it. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead. I was, I was about to end it before I started really getting riled up. But you go. A Darvinham um, suggestion. If you're going to say I'm going to play a guard with Russ, I mean, play a guard with LeBron and AD and give them the green light. Just play Kendrick Nunn, man. Just start Kendrick Nunn. Let, yeah, let the best shooter have the green light. It's that simple. Yeah. Because Pat Bell's not giving you what you want on defense. 
And it was just a preseason, but I'm still going to hold him to the standard of, you know, what are you going to bring to the team, um, even with them preseason games? Like, brother, you're not upholding your end of the bargain. Like, they pretty much gifted you a starting spot. And, like, you like, actively hurting the team. Again, it's only been one real game and five preseason games. But in my honest opinion, because he's a vet, he's a playoff caliber or playoff um, proven and tested player. So I'm going to hold you to the standard. Like, you're not, like, living up to what you've been given with your starting spot. So you got to get it together. And they did they did pull him in the second half, I think, right, into starting nine. Did I see uh... that correctly? No, or did I? No, okay, okay. No, I, I, I got no, in he later. Started. He started. I think he started okay. the second. And then he half got. Then he got in foul. He he picked up his either. I think his fourth. He picked up his fourth foul. Like before they even like pulled up the scoreboard, like the digital scoreboard on the bottom. Like I think the sideline reporter the was still doing numbers. their stuff. Picked up his foul, then they immediately took him out. Um, <clears throat> so that's why. Okay, last question, kind of connected, and then we'll get out of here. Do you think? I think they could change it for the Clippers game, but do you think they'll change their starting lineup in these first like five games? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I just don't think like, it's just not, I'm honestly hoping they hold Troy Brown in a high regard and that when he's healthy, I, sadly, I think they already ruled him out for tomorrow, but when he's healthy, maybe he can get into the rotation and then make a case for the starting lineup. Cause like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, they definitely Russell, need... Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker is your one through three. It's just not feasible. And then, like, they're not even like bringing in Damian Jones or, like, or, like I said, a J- Troy Brown and a JTA to like have some size off the bench. Like, it just can't happen. Like, it just, like, it's not going to work against 80% of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And sure as hell, not going to work against the Warriors. So. I'm of the mind that in order for this team to work, LeBron is going to have to be the point guard, quote unquote. Yeah. And then that's where you can, the lineup can be a little bit more balanced with him. Slated as the point guard, whoever at the two, whether that's Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves. um, Again, yeah, if it's (laughs) me, I just take Russ out of there. I take Russ and Pat Bev out of the equation and just. LeBron, Austin, Lunny, or LeBron, Austin, JTA, Brown want to get healthy and just try to do what I can. But <laughs> you sound you, you sound excited about that. <laughs> you should you should be in these kind of situations with whatever this season is for them championship aspirations. Uh, getting LeBron through his twentieth year like this is not great. It's not good. It's not good. Oh, man. But we'll see. I think, you know, I think, was it last week we were pretty optimistic or maybe two weeks ago? That was a little foolish on our end. That's our bad. That's our bad. You know, we got a, we saw actual effort in the preseason. I think we got a little too, got got a little too drunk off it. Um, But let's end on an optimistic note. I hope we have another 360 in terms of, how we feel about the Lakers by the next time we pod. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get some stupid win against the Clippers and make me look really dumb in this podcast. 
and then take care of business against the Portland Trailblazers, and we're two and one. Well, what do you think the chances are of that? Zero to one hundred percent. If we couldn't pick three worst games, man. <laughs> the basketball guys seriously, seriously. This is what like, you want to come into the season with. I'm gonna send you three tests, three tests, and and we said, what's that? They said Steph Curry, game one, game two, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, game three, Damian Lillard. Basically, like, basically, like, okay, here's God. I'm impersonating God here. Uh, okay, so. Since you guys are so stupid, first two games against literally the two worst teams uh, in, ma- in just matchup, matchup based, two worst teams you could possibly face: Warriors and Clippers. Third game, I'll cut you some slack. I'll give you uh, one of the uh, middle of the pack to worst teams uh, in the Western Conference. Oh, that's good. Oh, like maybe the Kings? Nah, it's gonna be the Trailblazers. Uh, yeah, Damian Lillard, uh, the guy who just loves to just kill you guys every single time he plays you. Like no breaks, no breaks. And then after that, you're playing the Nuggets, championship contenders. Jesus Christ! I just picture <laughs> us in drop coverage and Dame just thirty foot bombs. Pat Bev doing hey. Pat Bev's thing, trying to be irritating, and he's just like, "Eh, heard it all before." Ah, <sighs> uh, all right. We, <laughs> we we just let out some big sighs. Let's get out of here. Uh, thank you for listening to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. Uh, should have one for you probably like next Tuesday. Uh, recap whatever happens at that Trailblazers game as well as this Clippers game. Uh, we'll see if we're feeling a little bit better. I kind of think we'll be feeling the same, but I love to be wrong, and I'm wrong all the time. So hopefully this is one of those instances. Uh, Walt, thank you very much for hopping on with me, my man. Uh, always. Always love talking about this foolish team with you. Um, Again, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time.